Let's all just lift our hands one more time. Father, we love you. We worship you. We praise you, Lord, for you alone are worthy. I just thank you, Father, that you will be exalted in this place tonight, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the victory that has been given to us through Jesus, Lord. I thank you, Father, for your unconditional love for us, Father. I just thank you, Lord. Our best days are ahead of us, Father, and we just put our eyes on you right now, Lord. We cast every care, every weight aside, Father, and we focus on you and your word this evening, Lord. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. He is good. All right, we're going to do our confession. Here we go. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. All right. You may be seated. I had Pastor Pam play that song right there. Raise a hallelujah because it's... Man, that song touched me, and I'm going to get to that. But first of all, I just want to tell you a little story. This has nothing to do with my message, okay? But I was riding with Luke today, and so it just reminded me, you all need to be praying for us, okay? Dan and I are in this stage right now. We have a 16-year-old who's learning to drive and a 21-year-old who already knows how to drive and thinks his last name is Andretti or something like that. So... Uh, and it reminded me because today I was driving and I was at the stop sign and getting re and he honks at the car in front of me because they didn't take off like in two seconds or something. But anyways, on Sunday, um, Grace, she's getting her license, but she's really good at driving the back way to and from school. She has got all kinds of experience on narrow roads where there's hardly any traffic. You don't have to switch lanes. Barely anybody passes you. So I said, I don't think that's the 50 hours that you're supposed to get. I think we got to change it up a little bit. So I said, how about we go get Luke at, on campus? And she's like, what? I don't want to do that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, we'll just, we'll go over. And she's like, I have to go on the highway. And I said, well, okay, we can go like across the highway. We'll go downtown and go that way. I mean, she's literally into, but I'll have to change lanes. And I was like, it'll be okay. I said, you're a good driver. And I said, I'll warn you. I'll give you a heads up. Like, we need to get in this lane. So, I mean, she literally, she's in tears. She's going, okay, now I'm going to go out of our subdivision, and I'm going to turn right, and then we'll go across the bridge. And she's met every single turn. Like, she knows, okay, when I get to that stop sign, I can stay in that lane. And she has it all mapped out. We get in the car. Her hands, like, okay, seatbelts on, mirrors are checked, hands are at 10 and 2. If the speed limit is 15 on a turn, she is going 15 on a turn. 35, we're going 35. So I was like, you know, people are crazy drivers these days, right? I've got one of them. No, he's a good driver. Got to watch my confession. So, okay, we, I'm like, but people get on our tail. You drive the speed limit, and they want you to go faster. So I was like, don't worry about the people behind you. When they get a chance, they can go around you. You drive the speed limit and, and just be comfortable, you know. So we get to the, <laughs> we get to the stoplight at Greenbush and um, Eisenhower, whatever that road is, I should know where I live, or somewhere over in that area where I live and drive the road every day and should know the name of it, right there by the VFW, okay? 
W, excuse me. So the light was, <laughs> the light was green, and so I was like, okay, we're going to turn and just stay in the right-hand lane. So we're going, like, around the curve, and I was like, no, no, you got to keep, her speed was like five, maybe five miles. I was like, no, no, you got to keep going. There's, there's people behind you. And she's like, you told me not to worry about the people behind me. And I said, well, I know, but like when you're turning, if they think you're going to turn, I don't want them to run into the back of you. So anyways, we, thankfully, that's why I got to be praying. Okay. I think dads need to teach their kids how to drive anyways. They, the moms just need to stay out of the cars. I don't know. So we get to Purdue, and she's like, I said, okay, you can drive back. And she's like, I don't want to drive back. And I said, you can do it. We'll go the exact same way. And I said, oh, we'll have to make a U-turn. I'll make the U-turn, then we'll pull over, and then you can drive. She's like, no, I don't want to drive back. So she hops out of the car, and Luke hops in the driver's seat. And I'm telling, I mean, he gets in and, like, takes off. And I'm like, oh, I that stop, he goes, oh, you get used to that. And I was like, but it's a stop. <laughs> okay, gripping the edge, you know, he's ripping around the corner. Like, seriously, I think, he, I don't know, if he, he did not learn how to drive in Chicago, but he could definitely go right to Chicago and fit right in. So, we're like, we come up on one person, he's like, zoom, right on their tail. And I'm like, okay, what? And zoom, around them. And, I mean, so fast. I'm like gripping. I'm like, okay, this, this is, I don't know if it was because she had gone so slow and then it felt like he was going so fast, but... So just be praying, okay? We get, to the, we get to the stoplight, and I'm like, okay, my windows aren't really tinted, so I don't want anybody to know that I'm in this car, but, like, the light turns green. One, two. I was like, you didn't even give him a chance to, like, take off. Like, he honks, yeah. He's a honker now. So anyways, I'm, like, saying, okay, can we just, like, stay in one lane? He goes, you know, I know how to use my mirrors. And I was like okay, Lord, just get me home, and <laughs> let's call this driving thing a day, and that's why you just need to be praying, because, whoo, all right, God is good, amen, <laughs> all right, so I have this testimony, and I, I haven't, I mean, some people know about it, but I haven't shared it, just because I haven't really felt to, one, because I don't like to, like, I'm going to tell you the story, but I feel like I'm released to tell it now, just because, um, just on Monday, um, Faith did Faith Christian School did this um, day where they didn't give any homework, and um, it was great. It was so awesome. There's no tests the next day, so they, they said, just call it family night. Spend time with your families, and so we had just a great time, but um, I'm going to get to where my story's going, but for the first time in in over a year, Grace could find, and this, just a couple months ago, this wasn't like this, but she was, we were playing tennis in the, in the road, and she could run, like, she could really run, and so I was like, thank you, Jesus. Now I feel released, because I give God all glory, and we'll get to why I was so excited that um, she could run, and another reason I didn't want to share it yet, because there's just, I don't want to give the devil any, any, I don't know, just don't want don't want to give him any any place so but anyway so last year um right when school started so grace would have been a freshman so um about the first week after school started they had a senior freshman party at the school just so they could get used to being in high school and so it was at the school which is the church and they run around in the dark and um they were playing games and everything well she twisted wrong and she hurt her knee 
And then um, we found out, we're believing for the best, but she tore her ACL and had um, torn her meniscus. And um, so she had surgery on that. She had to have her meniscus stitched. Some of them were repaired, but like she had the stitches inside her knee, and then they repaired her ACL, um, been going to physical therapy. Everything was going great, right? She felt good. Her physical therapist was said, oh, she's doing really good. You know, she, we need to advance. Ask your doctor, for, you know, what? now can we go to the next level? Um, and it took a little while because at first she couldn't even, she couldn't bicycle. She couldn't do anything. But so we're at the point now, it's, um, it's December and January. Everything's going good. Well, she comes home from school one day and she said, um, she said, okay, you need to come up to my room. My leg is really stinging. And so I went up to her room, and I was like, okay. And she's, like, showing her leg, and there's this big, like, where her incision was, there's this big, like, um, looked like a pus blister or something. And so I said, and it was stinging her, and it had been happening, you know, in school, but she had jeans on, so she didn't really know. And I said, okay, well... I think we should probably go to the emergency room. Now, it's, there's like an, literally an ice storm. <laughs> so the roads were super slick. Dan wasn't home, so I was like, okay, we're going to go to urgent care in West Lafayette. We'll just go, and I get her there, and he's like, definitely it looks like some kind of infection. He drained it, did a culture on it, gave her a shot in her back, put her on an antibiotic, go see you know your, your doctor, the, the one who performed the surgery. And so we did that, and... Um, he said, we went, this was, actually, we had the appointment just, like, the next day to see the doctor, and he said, wow, I mean, he didn't really know, like, he had never seen anything like that before, obviously, it's infected, um, let's put her on an antibiotic, and we'll just, um, you know, see how that goes, they, because they wanted to wait on the culture, for the culture to come back, to see, you know, obviously, there's something causing the infection, so they get the results of the culture, and it's negative for bacteria. Well, that doesn't make any sense because if there is an infection, but the <laughs> test is showing no infection, he said, well, there's definitely infection. And so um, I'm very weak-stomached. But um, So in his office, when we go, he's like, okay, well, we obviously need to drain that. So he, he takes a slice down the incision, and he... They take all this, I mean, just a huge amount of gunk out. And so then he, um, he pushes a, like a wick, like he stuffs it all. Like she, it was a huge big gouge, like in her knee. And so he stuffed it full of a wick, and then he left the wick on the outside of the leg. And so that way it would pull any infection out. If there was any infection down in there, then we could pull it out, and um, that would take care of it. And he put her on an antibiotic. And so I was like, he didn't really know what had caused it. He didn't really know why it was happening. He hadn't really experienced anything like this before, but this is, this is what he decided to do. And so everything was going great, and then we get this news. But what's so awesome is that um, I was listening to something on the radio, and and I don't know if it actually said this or if I heard it, the scripture this way, but it was a scripture. And it said, my son, pay attention to my words, for they are life to all who find them and health to all their bones. 
Okay, so I heard bones. So then I go, hey, I got to look this scripture up. I got to see what this scripture is. And it's Proverbs 4, 20 through 21. But when I found it in my Bible, it says they are life or to all who find them and health, health to all their flesh. Okay, but so I don't know if God was letting me hear bones or if they said bones on the, <laughs> on the station or not. But that scripture, I kept saying, okay. So I wanted to look into that scripture a little bit more. So then I went to the uh, message version, and it says, Dear friend, listen well to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul. They're bursting with health. And so... I was, you know, meditating on this scripture. Okay, pay attention. That's what it said. My son, pay attention to my words. What does this mean? You know, I know, but it means to concentrate on, focus on my word, listen to my word, zero in on my word. It had to be intentional. I had to purpose. every. I have to hear your word. I have to focus on your word. I have to stay focused and tuned into what your word says. And I thought about this song that we used to sing there's, this is probably a scripture, maybe, could be, and you would know, um, in Isaiah, I think, maybe, but it, the, the song we used to sing is, whose report will you believe? Yeah. Whose report will you believe? So that's what I kept, whose report will you believe? Because if, whose report, that means there's more than one report, right? There's a lot of reports being spoken about our situation. You have, well, in my case, in our case, we had doctors or people speaking a report, you know, I had in the devil obviously was trying to like get in my head and speak a report, but I also had over here the word of God. And so whose report will you believe today? No matter what you're going through, whose report are you going to believe? And, you know, I, I know for me, it was just constantly these just try, I just kept hearing, you know, all these different things and um, negative reports. And, you know, I know a lot of times as I was just writing this down, you know, I the devil speaks in our head, oh, you're not going to make it. It's never going to happen to you. You're not good enough. You're not a good dad. You're not a good mom. You can't trust anyone because you've been hurt too many times before. Don't trust anyone. You're just too late. Or I can't go on. I can't make it. Nobody loves you, you know? And so you hear all these voices in your head, and so you have to decide whose report are you going to believe? Whose report am I going to believe? The next part of that song is, I will believe the report of the Lord, right? His report says, I am healed. His report says, I am filled. His report says, um, I am free. His report says, victory, right? And so we have to be also intentional about the things that we think, about the things that we put in front of us, but we also have to be intentional about the things that we speak because those might just be voices in our head, but when we speak those, that's what gives life to those things. So the things that we give life to, we want to make sure that it's the report of the Lord, right? that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that we are the head and not the tail, that we are above and not beneath, that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus, right? We have to be really intentional about what we speak. Amen? In Proverbs 18, verse um, 21, this is the message version, and it says, um, words kill, words give life. They're either poison 
or fruit, you choose. I was like, well, in this case, I am definitely choosing to speak life. And so I know I have to be very intentional about my words. And so um, just a couple of the scriptures I just want to read real quick. Psalm 91. I had a bunch of them that were, you know, meditating, speaking, even though we kept getting the report, they don't know what's causing it. They don't, you know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> You're the doctor. If you don't know, then <laughs> I, I certainly don't have any clues about what's going on with knees and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we do have the mind of Christ. He can reveal it to us. But um, Psalm 91, and this we're just going to read, I don't want to read, um, 9 through 16. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, um, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show my salvation. So, of course, I made that personal when I'm speaking it over my family. But that's just one of the, I just kept saying with long life, you know, and um, just speaking God's word. And then another one. Um, another Psalms that we read, or Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, I just kept thinking purposely, intentionally, because there were a lot of other reports. Um, what does God's word say? And then speaking that, right? Now, a lot of the time when we're speaking this, it, what I was seeing in the natural wasn't actually lining up. But um, Kenneth um, Copeland, he says, confession is not de denying facts. And that's another reason I didn't want to, like, put this, you know, story out there at the time. People knew, who knew, were believing in faith and standing in faith that she was healed, right? And so those were the people at that time that needed to know. And so, but he says, confession is not denying facts. It's declaring what God, who never changes, has said about the outcome and standing in faith until all temporary conditions line up with his word. Yeah. Amen. So we get to this point, and she had the surgery in, or tore it in August, surgery in um, September, and now it's January, and she's on um, antibiotics for six weeks and has the Wiccan to clear the infection. And he says, well, it looks like everything's good. I think we can take the Wick out and we'll see how things go when we take her off the antibiotic. But everything looks good. Okay, it's been six weeks on an antibiotic. So um, this was in January. So now it's like middle of February, six weeks later. And we um, 
we were going to Chicago because we, Faith has a week off in February. So we were in Chicago. Everything's good. She's feeling good. She's what we're like walking, went to the zoo, walking all over. And I'm like, I could see like she has jeans on. Her ankle is like swollen, like super puffy. So I'm like, Grace, your ankle. And she didn't want it. She she didn't want to ruin the day. I know, just, I know, don't, it, it's fine. Everything's fine. I was like, okay, everything's fine. So we obviously have to go back to her doctor. And he said, um, well, let's, um, you come in on Saturday. Maybe, maybe um, her body is like rejecting the plastic screw that they put in for the original surgery. And so if we get that out of there, then that should take care of it. And um, it should be, I mean, it's way easier than the first surgery, so it should be less than 45 minutes. So come in on Saturday um, to the hospital, and we'll take care of it. Well, first of all, he, his surgeries are at, like, the not at the hospital, but he had us go to the hospital, so we had to go to the emergency room. That, so I think that's God because, um, you know, he just was taking care of it. Um, but we were at the hospital, and she, you know, they said 45 minutes, and then about three hours later, he came out, you know, let's go in the room. He's talking to Dan and I, and he said, well, it's, eh, there's a lot of infection in there. I mean, there's a lot of gunk in there, so he scraped, took it out, scraped the bone, um, washed it like seven times, he said, with um, medication, you know, something, um, so... But I think she needs to stay, and we're going to have to call infectious disease. Like, okay, all right. Be intentional about what you think. Be intentional about what you say, right? And so we're like, okay. So we stay the night, and there's still, you know, I hear from a nurse, oh, yeah, he said there was a lot. of It was all green. I mean, it, it, very infected and you know, super nice nurses. She was on the pediatric floor, so they took really good care of her, but nobody knows <laughs> what's going on, what's causing it. You know, her blood work, it's messing up her blood work. You know, there's white count and red count. I don't, I'm trying to look all this stuff and, up and remember what they're saying because, you know, the nurses know, but they say it to me, and I'm like, what? You know, so I'm trying to and remember, so I can tell my mom, like, can you look this up? Can you tell me what this means? Because at least she had worked in a hospital before. So, um, but we stayed the night Saturday, and then Sunday morning, this was like March, first, first Sunday in March. And Pastor Pam called, um, or actually texted, and she said, we're singing a new song this Sunday, Raise a Hallelujah, you can look it up. And so I was like, okay. So I get my computer out, and I was like, um, raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief in the middle of the mystery because it was a mystery nobody knew and so I was like thank you Jesus I was like Grace listen to this song you know I play it and I'm playing it again and playing it over and she was like I mean because she's you know on medicine and hooked and she's like are you gonna play that all day and I was like okay I didn't have headphones but I just like kept you know, playing that over and singing it. And I was like, thank you, Lord, you have got this, you know, because when you, when you feed, you know, that was being fed into me. And so it was encouraging me. It's like, yes, I'm going to praise you because you are trustworthy. I trust you. Um, and so I heard this and I don't know who said this, okay, but I write things down a lot. I, 
and I should pay better attention to write, but somebody said this, okay? It's not my words, but they said, when the devil is messing with you, tell him to sit down. I'm going to worship the Lord while you watch me. So I was like, you know what, devil? You need to sit down today because you're just going to watch me worship because I know that God is faithful, right? I know that I can trust him. I know he's got this. And then, which I actually, nobody asked me for a title today, and I actually had a title Probably like the first time ever, I was like, oh my goodness, what am I, I don't know, help me find something. But I, the title of this tonight is um, Start Your Engines, okay? So Andy Womack, no, I do, I do know who said this. So he said, praise isn't the caboose that follows what happens, but it's the engine that makes things happen, right? So we don't wait until we see everything that we need to see and then begin to praise, right? If we're in a situation, we begin to praise him, right, and thank him because that's the engine that gets things moving, right? We say in here, or have said this, but praise precedes victory, right? And so I just want to encourage you today. You might be going through something, right? You might have no idea how it's going to work out or or what to do in this situation, but do we have it? We got to start our engines, okay? Got a little. Okay, here we go. Got three things to say. God bless our troops. God bless America. And gentlemen, start your Got to get our praise on. Start your engine, right? If you need a breakthrough, if you need a miracle, start your engine this evening. Amen? Begin to praise him. Um, praise makes such a difference. It's, it's a powerful weapon, just as we sing. And, um, and I know that, like, this is the selfie generation. If I had my phone up here, we could all take a selfie, you know. And, you know, we're all selfie. But what praise does is it takes... Um, our eyes off of ourselves, and it puts our eyes on him, right? And so we all need to do that, take our eyes off of ourselves and focus on God, focus on what he says, focus on his word, right? Put our eyes back on him. Psalms 150, verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everybody go like that. You got breath inside of you, then you are to be praising the Lord, right? Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. All times his praise is in our mouth. During the battle, before the battle, with the victory, all times his praise is in our mouth. Um, okay. In Joshua, Joshua 6, I'm just going to... We're not even, I'm just going to, no, in Joshua, when the walls came down, what happened first? There was a shout, right, before the walls came down. It made no sense, right? It would make sense to shout after the victory, right, to shout after we saw, but in this case, praise preceded the victory. Before those walls came down, there was a shout of praise, amen? 
Sometimes if you want to see walls coming down, there's got to be a shout of praise before you see anything at all. Think about Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, verses 25. I mean, they hadn't been doing anything wrong, but they were arrested and they were in prison. They were in a dark place in chains, right? And it, it didn't say, well, if they got out of there, then they'd be happy and they'd begin to, they'd begin to praise because then they would have something to praise, right, and to, to be happy about. No, it said at midnight they were praying and singing hymns to God, and suddenly there was an earthquake, and all of the doors were opened, and all of the chains fell off. Amen? Praise preceded the victory. Our praise is powerful. We have to start our engines. Amen? Praise can turn battles that are not going our way, and it can turn it around so it goes our way, right? And we're going to read real quick in 2 Chronicles, and this is about Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. And Jehoshaphat was a good king, and it said, Jehoshaphat, oh, three armies, three armies are coming against Jehoshaphat, Okay. And he finds out about it, and it said, Jehoshaphat feared, okay? Well, for, we're going to see in just a second, but I just want to make sure this gets really pointed out. He feared, but he didn't stay in fear, right? Because the next thing that we see that he did, it says he feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Um, so Judah gathered together to ask... Um, from the Lord and from all. And so anyways, he declared, he declared the fast, but then he, he went from, okay, this is happening, to I got to know what God has. I got to know what God wants me to do. So he didn't stay in fear, right? That might be the first thing that tries to get on us, fear, right? But then we don't stay in fear. We move out of fear. God, what do you have to say about this? God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Um, and so then we go down a little bit further and um, in verse 12, it says, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Sometimes we face things, and in our own natural, we have absolutely no ability whatsoever to do anything. And that's where I felt like I was with grace at that time. I'm not a doctor. I have no medical history. I had absolutely no power against this might. But that's the great thing, because sometimes when we don't have any power or any might, that's when God steps in and says, but I got it taken care of. I've got your back, right? And so they said, we have no power. We don't know what to do. Um, but our eyes are on you. And it said, now all of Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children, they stood before the Lord. And so he went from fear to seeking God to saying, God, I don't... If, if you read in even before that, I think it's awesome because he also reminded, you know, God, this is who you are and this is what you've done, you know. And so, and then he began to seek him and say, we don't have any power, but, but our eyes are on you. So whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do, right? And then if we go on, um, um, God gave him a strategy, right? And he told him what to do. And I think that's so awesome because he, you know, he showed him exactly what to do. And we all know that um, he put the praisers, he put the choir out front, right? Which that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. 
right? Oh, I'm going to sing, you know, all the, all the people with guns and all that. They, you can be behind me, but I'm just going to come up here and sing, you know? It didn't make any sense, right? But he put the praisers up front. He put the choir up front, and they began to sing. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They began to praise, and they began to shout, and they began to sing. And then as he did that, then as they did that, then the Lord set um, ambushes, and all of a sudden, the people that were against them, that were coming after them, they're going after each other, and not one of them was left, right? And so I just think it's so awesome because they had already prayed about it, and God had already shown them, you know, the strategy, but nothing happened until they began to praise, right? They had already prayed, and when they praised, God stepped in and supernaturally took care of the situation. That's why I'm saying sometimes, you know, we might be in a battle, and we have absolutely no might against them, but when we begin to praise God, God, I trust you, then it allows heaven's armies to come and fight for us, right? So we can thank him ahead of time for victory because we know he's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. We have to start our engines. We got to sing. We got to praise. Not because we feel like it sometimes, but because we trust him and we know that he's worthy. Amen? That's when heaven comes to fight for us. And I know, you know, I was just thinking, um, and I mean, I am going to, pretty good timing, I'm going to end with this, because I was thinking, how many battles have we tried to fight with our sword of worry and our shield of fear instead of trusting what the Lord has already done? He's already fought the battle. He's already won the battle. He's already given us victory, right? A lot of times we think, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? How am I going to do? And that's we don't have to fight that battle. All we have to do is say, God, my eyes are on you. I praise you. I trust you. I thank you. You're worthy. I love you. You see, and you just begin to praise him. And as we do that, shackles come off. Walls come down. Heaven's armies come to fight for us. Amen? We serve a good God. And so I just want to encourage you. Start your engines. It's so encouraging. Like, sit in your car and just begin to sing. I love it because like on Wednesdays from Blaze, you know, we'll sing a song and, and all of a sudden, all the next morning, the kids are singing that song before school. They're singing it in the car. Get it inside of you, right? Put it in front of your eyes. Put it in your ears. Praise him. He's worthy. He's faithful. He's healer. He's redeemer. He's Lord. He's friend. Amen. He's a restorer. Amen. We serve an amazing God. A God who is always for us. God who's never against us. Amen. Oh, <laughs> that's the best part of the whole story. Yeah. So now, okay, so this is a whole one year and about one month later. That's why I was so excited. I was like, okay, I, I can tell this story now because um, now it, she had a, it ended up, they, we never got the answer, right? In the middle of the mystery, we still praise him. We don't know why it happened. One doctor said, well, she must have had strep throat. And I was like, she was never sick. She never had a fever. Must have gotten her bloodline, and she was sick. The other doctor said, no, her body was um, rejecting the screw in her leg. Um, we don't know. So she had a pick line in her arm, um, and, then, like, and then she had to get treatments for... Um, well, she, got, she stayed in the hospital a few days, and then she had to have the pick line on. 
in, and then she had these treatments at the cancer center. Um, so every day we would go to the cancer center, and they would give her a treatment. And then um, at the end of those, um, at the end of that month, he said, "Okay, we can take the pick line out. We'll put her on an antibiotic, and everything looks good." Literally, knock on wood. That's what he said. But I was like, there's no knocking on wood. She is healed by the stripes of Jesus because that's what the word of God says. And that's what we're standing on. And that's what we believe. Amen. And so I was so encouraged because just a couple months ago, she was trying to run. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that... It wasn't, it wasn't working. I mean, it was not working. But on, on Monday when she was running, I was like, thank you, Lord. I mean, she could actually, like, pick up her legs and run. And so we give all glory to God because he is the healer. Amen? So if you're in the middle of a battle, this is the time to begin to praise him, begin to thank him. Amen? He's got you. He's got your back. Amen? All right. Let's just pray this evening. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you see each person that's here tonight, Lord. And I just thank you, Father, that you love them so much, Father. You care about them so much, Lord. I just thank you, Father. If anybody's going through a hard time right now, Lord, where they just don't see a way out, Lord, I thank you right now that their eyes are on you, Father, that you fill them with hope. They would know, Lord, that you are with them. I thank you, Father, that their voice would be a voice of praise. I just thank you, Father, right now that you're going to lift weights, burdens, cares, distractions, worries, fears. I thank you, Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy. So I thank you for joy in this place this evening, Lord. I thank you that we make a decision, Lord, to worship you and to praise you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we're intentional about our words. We're intentional intentional about the way that we praise you and worship you. We're intentional about the way that we speak and the words that come out of our mouth. We speak words of life. We just bind every lie of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. Any hopelessness that the devil would try to put on us, we bind that right now in Jesus' name. And we just loose the freeing power of God in this place this evening. Be exalted, Lord. We love you. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Have your way in this place today, this evening. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's so good. Amen. Amen. Okay, I think we're going to go out of here this evening with a confession, all right? An intentional confession, all right? Are you ready? I am loved. I am loved. I receive God's love. I receive God's love. I'm full of faith. I'm full of faith. I walk in love. I walk in love. I walk by faith. I walk by faith. And not by sight. And not by sight. God's perfect love. God's perfect love. Cast out all fear. Fear has no place in me. I'm not worried about anything. I have the mind of Christ. The greater one lives in me. I'm full of faith. I walk in love. My future's bright. My best days are straight ahead of me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.